Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Members of the Public Servants Alliance of Canada voted in favor of a strike for employees in administrative, technical, educational, and operational services Wednesday morning. Following York Mills Collegiate Institute's decision to host a drag queen event in front of a select number of students, a group of students organized a protest against the event on Wednesday afternoon. Famed psychologist Dr. Jordan Peterson says Alberta should separate from Canada if the federal government tries to take control of its provincial resources. Hello Canada, it's Thursday, April 13th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Rachel Emanuel. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. The union representing 120,000 public servants has voted in favour of a strike, which may affect a number of different services utilised by Canadians. Members of the Public Servants Alliance of Canada, or PSAC, voted in favour of a strike for employees in administrative, technical, educational and operational services Wednesday morning. PSAC represents thousands of clerks, maintenance workers, tradespeople, Coast Guard workers, teachers, firefighters, cooks, employment insurance and immigration workers, and, perhaps most pertinently right now, CRA employees. The union hopes to reach a deal with the federal government in the coming days before 35,000 CRA employees will be in a legal position to strike on Friday. Legally, the union said it now starts a 60-day window to call a strike, which runs until June 10. A spokesperson for Treasury Board President Mona Fortier said in a statement Wednesday afternoon, their goal is to reach a deal at the bargaining table as soon as possible. And they believe, quote, significant headway has been made in the last week. Well, indeed, this is certainly a brutal time for the federal government. Of course, Canadians have been working to get their taxes ready. Those are ready in just a couple days, and people are going to be hoping for their tax returns. I guess for people that might owe money to the government, they're probably not sweating too much considering that the CRA could be going on strike. We also know that PSAC is arguing that public servants aren't paid enough. Do you think this is really the case? It sounds like from what the Public Service Alliance of Canada Union President Chris Aylward is saying, um, he's saying the majority of these people are making between $40,000 and $60,000 a year because we are talking about more of the tradespeople side of things, right? You know, the maintenance workers, um, firefighters, cooks, as you mentioned. However, Yes, the average full-time public servant makes $125,000 in total salary and benefits. Um, So, you know, if we can trust the union president, then it looks like this is concerning more of the lower paid workers, um, which, you know, can make you sympathetic. But, you know, let's also think about how since 2019, the federal government's spending on the public service, on, you know, their salaries, has jumped by nearly $30 billion, 
because in the last two years, they've hired over 31,000 new full-time employees. And as the parliamentary budget officer has mentioned, we haven't seen better services with all that spending and with all those new employees. You could even argue our services have worsened. It kind of makes you question where all this new money is going. And as you mentioned, that's quite the discrepancy between them pay 40000 to 120000 You can live off of $120,000 a year quite comfortably. $40,000 a year is an extremely tight budget to live off. So yes, you're right, it does raise some sympathy. Seems like the federal government is more than willing to throw money at any problems that comes their way, at any ideas they have, at any policies they want to fund. They just put our money towards it. Do you think it's just a matter of time that the federal government, again, folds to the union's demand? And while we mentioned that some people are on the lower end of the spectrum in terms of what they receive for a salary, other people, $120,000 salaries per year, that's quite significant. I suspect everyone will end up getting a raise. I think you're right. I suspect he will cave uh, to the union's demand. I think everyone's going to be getting that raise they're wanting uh, because I think what I've heard through the grapevine is that the public service are basically all liberal voters. Um, And so that's kind of an open secret in Ottawa, apparently. So I I guess uh, he needs his federal service voters. And that's why he keeps expanding the service and giving them more money. So seems like a nice little deal they got going there, doesn't it? Lindsay, it's an interesting point that you raise. Obviously, we don't have data to back that up. It is anecdotal, but I've heard sort of the same rumors as you. I've heard that my friends who work in civil service, I lived in Ottawa for five years. They said most of the people that work in the civil service in Ottawa, they vote for the liberal government because they're worried that a conservative government will roll back funding for their department. And so again, it's just anecdotal, but it is something that you hear when you live in Ottawa. And certainly from the civil servants I met, most of them do seem to be more liberal minded. Again, I lived there for a couple of years. This is sort of like maybe a known thing in Ottawa. We don't really have evidence to back it up, but it is an interesting point to make. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. A group of students organized a protest against a drag queen event at a Toronto high school on Wednesday afternoon. York Mills Collegiate Institute and the Toronto District School Board marked International Day of Pink on Wednesday by hosting a drag queen event for a select number of students. The TDSB says parents were informed in advance of what the event would include and could decide whether their children should attend. Deputy Mayor Jennifer McKelvey was in attendance, along with Colleen Russell Rollins, the Director of Education for the TDSB. The protest, which took place outside of the school, was organized by Save Canada, a nonprofit organization that is opposed to radical gender ideology in Canadian schools. Protest organizer Josh Alexander said his organization takes issue with the fact that kids are being indoctrinated in the education system with gender ideology. True North's Harrison Faulkner was on the ground at the protest, and you can watch his full report at www.tnc.news. Well, Rachel, personally, I'm very impressed that these students did this protest. I actually, in my recent memory, can't think of any 
student, you know, high school student protest against gender ideology. And yeah, I think these students are doing something very courageous, especially since they're only in, I think Josh Alexander, the the organizer, is only in grade 11. This is absolutely a very powerful protest from these students. You're right, I can't think of many times when students or young people have risen up against trans ideology. And we're seeing this here in Toronto, which really just makes it more that which really just makes it that much more powerful. They're in a very liberal city. People would largely agree with trans ideology in a place like Toronto. And these students are standing up and putting themselves in a position to get blowback at such a young age, which is a really hard thing to do. It takes a lot of people a long time to build up the type of courage that's necessary to stand up for their beliefs and also to be very public about those beliefs. But here we have these students doing something very courageous, as you mentioned. You know, you can only hope that the district school board takes a notice of this and says, students are really concerned about this. This is something that we should start paying attention to. It's also nice to see the students are waking up to the reality of trans ideology. I mean, it's harming women. We know that it's harming women in sports physically, and also they're unable to win against biological men, understandably so. Men and women's bodies have physical differences. Especially after puberty, there's significant differences in the male and female bodies. Female just aren't meant to compete against men in the same way. So I'm sure students are seeing the writing in the sand of what's going to continue to happen in society if men are allowed to replace women, as we're currently allowing. Something True North's Harrison Faulkner mentioned when he was on the ground reporting on this Save Canada protest was how if this was happening in Calgary, it would actually be banned because Calgary's mayor, G.O.D. Gondek, said that you're not allowed to protest drag queen story hours within 100 meters of the event happening. And although it wasn't specifically drag queen story hours, um, that is the context. They they actually said it was something like, like hate speech or hateful language, but it was it was against drag queen story hours. Yeah, we're certainly seeing an attempt to limit these types of views. And also noteworthy is that the Ontario NDP introduced similar legislation in the Ontario legislature. So Doug Ford's government hasn't responded to that as of yet. We don't know how the government's going to land on it. They are the opposition. You know, it's less likely that it will pass, but certainly a possibility and still of concern that we're seeing these same types of initiatives happening across the country. Reject. Rebel. Separate, if necessary. That's what renowned psychologist Dr. Jordan Peterson said to Alberta Premier Daniel Smith if the federal government tries to take control over its provincial resources. Prairie provinces have full control over resource development, as enshrined in the 1930s Natural Resource Transfer Agreement, which Federal Justice Minister David Lemeny said he would consider rescinding earlier this week. In a joint statement, Smith, Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe, and Manitoba Premier Heather Stephenson said the rights have been fundamental to the people and the economic autonomy of Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta for nearly 100 years. Lametti insists that he didn't commit Ottawa to reviewing areas of provincial jurisdiction. The backlash arose after Grand Chief Bride Hardlot of the Prince Alberta Grand Council and Chief Donald Maracle of the Mohawks of the Bay of Quinte called on the federal government to rescind the Natural Resource Transfer Act. And Lametti said he would commit to looking into the issue. The minister said, quote, It won't be uncontroversial. That is the only thing I would say with a bit of a smile. On Wednesday, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau attempted to dispel anger from Prairie Premiers surrounding Lametti's comments, claiming his minister said no such thing when promising to review natural resource rights. Here's what that sounded like. 
Uh, is it appropriate, in your opinion, to review the agreements, and how do you address the concerns raised by the Prairie Premiers? Let me be very clear. Uh, the Minister of Justice uh, said no such thing. If you actually look at his remarks, um, it is very clear that we're talking about the importance of the federal government living up to our responsibilities under UNDRIP, something that unfortunately the Prairie Premiers have not taken seriously, and they are instead trying to um, elevate fears that have absolutely no grounding in truth. Uh, we know we need to move forward in true reconciliation and partnership with Indigenous peoples, and that's something that we certainly hope we're going to be able to work on uh, with the Premiers uh, and with Indigenous peoples uh, to be able to grow the economy and create those great jobs, including uh, in natural resources, uh, that are going to be there for decades to come as we move towards a net-zero world. Lindsay, that was certainly quite the blunder from Minister Lametti. I think it probably would have been better if the federal government had just come out and said he misspoke. Clearly, he did commit to looking into the issue, probably spoke too quickly. Even at the time, he knew it was going to be controversial. So maybe he should have framed his words a little bit more carefully. This is not something to say lightly. Of course, this is a massive deal for all provinces, but especially for Prairie provinces. What's your take on this story? Well, Rachel, it seems that this is just the latest example of Justin Trudeau's disdain for the Western provinces and disdain for the natural resources and energy industry, which is the provider for so many families in the Western provinces, in the Prairie provinces. Um, and, you know, Dr. Jordan Peterson's advice of separating, um, I don't know, as, as our Alberta reporter, what would you have to say about that? It's an interesting question. I mean, Jordan Peterson was actually born and raised in Alberta, so I'm sure he has some special feelings for this province, but he also probably has seen Alberta's fight for autonomy over the last number of years. Something a lot of people in Alberta say is the plan is actually not to separate. The plan is to use separation as a bargaining chip. And they say that as soon as you remove separation from the table and say it, it's not even a question in this discussion with the federal government, you lose a lot of power that you could have over the federal government. Now, I don't think Alberta as a province is in a place to separate anytime soon. I don't think that's the provincial sentiment at the moment. There's a percentage of the population, of course, that would be happy to separate. But I think Alberta has a lot to do before that could even become a possibility, such as creating its own provincial police force and administering some of its own services that the federal government currently does. So again, you know, it could have just been something that Peterson was saying to sort of stoke up his base and get some support. It's a popular sentiment across Canada when people become frustrated with the federal government. When you actually look at the details of it, it's quite a bit more complicated than just saying, oh, we're going to separate. And I think the province is not ready for it at this exact moment. That's it for today. And don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media. You can do that over at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.